Mr. Lou Clayton, it is the week after Thanksgiving. There's a lots of hunting going on. People across the country I'm hearing from and tell me the rut's going on in a lot of different areas. And, and uh, we've still got a lot of rutting activity going on in Texas. We'll have for here for a while. Rattling is one of the most fun ways there is to attract a big old white-tailed buck. And I'll have to tell you, we did, and we being Brandon Houston, filmed me for a short segment on my Facebook Oh, public figure page in uh, well, in kind of the middle part about a couple of weeks ago, and when we posted that, we are now up to a reach of over 12 million. And that little video, which just basically shows me rattling, kind of from the back and and grunting and that kind of stuff, we're up to 7.5 or 7 million 500 thousand plus views. So it tells me there's a lot of folks interested across the world about rattling and almost every one of the comments we've got we've had a few negative ones like you're always going to do but the vast vast majority has been very very positive about rattling and about hunting which really kind of thrills me when you get right down to it but the rattling is i know that you did a fair amount of rattling a little bit earlier when they were really responding how did all that go with you oh i'll tell you larry <clears throat> early season i've i've never I have never experienced antler rattling like it was the first two or three days of the season. The bucks were, uh, they were not locked down on does. They were cruising. Right. You'd see, usually not even see a buck with a doe. You'd see a buck by himself. You, a lot of times he'd have his nose to the ground, you know. He was out searching. And, uh, yeah, if the deer, if the buck could could hear you, hear the antlers, he would come. He would close to to where you were um we rattled in the that oh, kenneth shepherd and i close to home here we rattled in two uh 140 class bucks solid 140s that that we will you know kenneth is a devout trophy hunter and and i i did my goal is to shoot something grown old right, you know mature, mature right. yeah mature and um these were these were probably four-year-old deer uh these these 140s uh you know extremely impressive deer i mean it's all i could do to stay off the trigger but it was it was just like you know opening just the first few hours of the season and they did those bucks would stop they wouldn't come just charging in but they would they would stop and and they'd look and you'd you could even see their nostrils the head up there nostrils <laughs> twitching they were smelling and uh and then then they would uh, every one of them closed up within easy rifle range come come in they'd sneak in using a little brush cover them you know but uh the wind was just right too and uh i'm a firm believer in that because they they can smell things those deer <laughs> anyway they come they come in and uh uh stopped it gave us ex easy rifle shots both both of those deer then we had some smaller even spikes come into the to the rattling uh finally though i i did i shot a nice eight point i mean a 10 point it was a 10 point uh the second day i guess we'd passed up a bunch of those or a couple of those real good uh shooter bucks and and uh about a about a 140 he was about like those those first two big ones but he uh he had a little more age on him. His hawks were just oozing. I mean, black as oh, pitch, you know. Absolutely. And you saw the pictures, the body on him. Yeah. He was a. He, I thought he was a big. He was a good sized buck. And then Kenneth, 
so the rattling kind of just just ceased. I mean, you could see a buck out there at 150 yards, and you know he'd hear you because he'd throw his head up and look, but he wouldn't come. He'd just he'd just go about his business. That was after the first two or three days. That's so weird how bucks respond at times and at times they don't. Probably some of the same bucks we were seeing, Larry, and right. but they just no interest in. I won't say no interest. They would look, but they wouldn't come to you. And and then Kenneth, uh, the way he actually he killed a big body deer, you saw that picture too. It was yes, quite yes. a bit bigger than the buck that I killed, and both of them were ma- definitely mature bucks. But this this rascal, one of the biggest bodied deer I'd seen around this area ever. Um, he was an older deer. You saw the pictures. I think you said maybe maybe six years old. You know, oh, yeah, at, at least, least maybe. And it, probably at some point he was even a bigger bigger rack than what he had. But he he was a massive old palmated on both sides. You know, and uh, so we both got real nice bucks within a mile of my home and within 500 yards of Kenneth's home. <laughs> you know, <laughs> hunted over in uh, in the western part of Kaufman County with our friends the Cottons over there some, and uh, the food plots, Larry. You know, they have some lush fruit food pots over there. Oh, yes. They're really, really green. And uh, I was amazed, and there's a heavy, heavy acorn crop in this part of the, the county. Well, the whole area out here has got lots of acorns. And uh, those bucks and those would ease out of that. You know, you know, they, the forest floor was covered with acorns, but they would ease out on that green field already and, and uh, munch some of that salad, I call it, you know, and, just amazing that uh, I guess there's something about that greenery, those little tender shoots they can't resist. You know, you're exactly right. And again, deer are very they're finicky eaters. They they like variety. I mean, there are mm-hmm. times when the acorns are falling, they'll really get on them because they do taste good. I guess to them, and they realize the fact maybe without it's an innate thing that there's a lot of energy. And mm-hmm. one of the, so through other research that we've done, we found that energy is every bit as important as, as protein is a lot of times on the health of the deer kind of thing. So, But you're right, the, the deer have been interestingly, I hunted a fair amount and just, man, I hunted two places that I can always rattle up bucks, always see bucks, good mature bucks. Did not see anything of, of any age or any mm-hmm. size. I have no idea what was going on. I was kind of snake bitten, and I finally got down to the the lease I have out west of San Angelo and kind of western part of the state. And went out there with that uh, uh, Brandon Houston coming out, and and we filmed a bunch while we were there as well too. But we rattled up buck after buck after buck, and nothing huge. But uh, we had a really bad drought going into the antler growth season last year, and so our antlers are down a little bit. But that you know, they take away anything from, from rattling up bucks. And we had bucks coming in with, uh, oh, my gosh, within five or six feet of them to where I could almost couldn't touch them if I wanted them to. But uh, yeah. there, we don't have, there, there, are no, there are no oaks. So there is nothing really there that has a whole lot of energy. And you would think that the deer would really become the corn feeders, and yet they were not doing so. But there's a, uh, a little forb that grows out in that country that uh then we finally got some rain and those deer it's it's like a that entire eight thousand acres or let's say seven thousand acres of it is like a lush food plot right now so thankful the deer right now don't have a whole lot of reason to travel other than the rut still going on out there but uh there's plenty of food and so all that will just equate hopefully into a little bit bigger better antlers 
but they are the deer that we've been able to harvest both bucks and does are absolutely just rolling fat right now oh that's good they're going into the you know into that breeding season and probably coming out of the breeding season in good shape and so next year i'm already wishing my life away i want to see some of those bucks i rattled up this year that we're not quite there antler wise and, and from what i feel like they know or i know what they can do so i'm, I'm wishing my life away you know i won't sit here and look like next year but uh there's a lot of good hunting going on right now too uh there's still a lot across the midwest uh as we get into december some of the hunting seasons will be closed across the country but uh then there's always late muzzleloader seasons and there's late archery seasons and and uh, of course some of the, the southern states you know they'll stay open well into february and, uh, or at least through january so tremendous amount of great deer hunting still ahead you bet and you know i what i was impressed uh brandon houston was using uh an air gun i think it's his i know it was his first time to hunt with an air gun it was. It was, he had yeah. the uh, it's a it's called the seneca dragon claw it's a 50 caliber and uh, that particular gun shoots bolts, you know, like a crossbow would shoot right. similar bolts, but are also bullets. And I, I, I use it for bullets. I like to shoot bullets out of it. But he, he, uh, he made his first harvest with a uh, with a with an air gun, didn't he? You know, he he did. It, it was a buck that came in so quick, so fast. I was rattling and also trying to film, but he was he was right in on top of us in an angle where, unfortunately any real movement on my part and i'd had it done a complete 180 almost yeah to be able to get around to where i could get any footage of him but then i felt like that would probably spook him and but he shot a really nice and like a six-year-old eight mm-hmm. point wasn't a real big buck you know yeah. antlers wise or body wise but uh absolutely i think he was unbelievably thrilled to be able to do so with that air with that dragon claw as you mentioned and i think uh I think he's probably going to be doing a little bit of hunting with it on his place as well, too, that he has up here out, out northwest of Dallas or north, yeah, west of Dallas, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it's it's a it's a chal- it's a different different deal entirely, and folks, there's a there's a magazine that uh, he'll he'll actually be highlighted in the magazine there on the cover of it, I do believe, Larry. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> uh, we're able to get a cover shot, and with that, since you mentioned the magazine, this issue of uh, of uh, sporting classics i've got an article in there about hunting coos whitetail down in primarily down in mexico that to me that little coos whitetail is one of the most challenging of the animals that i've gotten had the opportunity to hunt it's a lot of spot and stalk and glassing and and uh it, it is it's almost like hunting sheep desert bighorn sheep but you're hunting antlers and instead of horns and mm-hmm. You know they are so secretive and they blend in so well with everything so you know if you get a chance pick up a copy if you don't subscribe and you need to be subscribing to sports sporting classics that to me that is the the publication that all others should uh, aspire to be in kind of thing but there's there's a great article in there that's in, in about all kinds of different hunting situations but then there's a pretty decent article in there that i wrote about cord coos whitetail hunting and uh, and uh, with a lot of photographs of some of the animals that I've taken in Mexico in the past kind of thing. So, you know, all that said, Luke, we, we need to remind folks, too, that the DSC convention is going to be held at the K. Bailey Hutchinson Center in January, that first Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of, of January. And, and if they want to learn more, it's, 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 it's a huge hunting family reunion. If you, I, I can't describe it anything better, but... Uh, 
with so many different groups of people there, so many different outfitters, manufacturers, uh, tourism departments. I know you visit every year there with the Saskatchewan Tourism Department while you're there as well, too. And they can find out more about that in the, uh, by going to www.biggame.org. That's biggame.org. And then, two. with that said, in March, we've got our, you've got the, uh, the rendezvous that you established a few years ago coming up in Greenville as well. That's true, folks. And Greenville, Texas, Larry's talking about, is about an hour straight east of Dallas. And put an invitation out now. If you'd like to come out there, it's gonna, this is our fourth annual, and it's on 14 wooded acres. We've got campfires going. Larry's going to be there with us, like always. Uh, if you're in the Dallas area, regardless of where you are, if it marks the 4th, like I say, it's about an hour east of Dallas, near near in the edge of the Greenville city limits, Greenville, Texas. Uh, to learn more about it, you can go to uh, catfishradio.org. That's the radio site, catfishradio.org, and all the details are there. Uh, you could call me or the, the pastor, uh, Charlie Nasser. He's the pastor of the Cowboy Church there, and he lets us use the grounds for our rendezvous. But it's uh, if you want to display, uh, say you're an outfitter and you'd like to display your 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 uh, outfitting business or whatever it, the booth space is free you can do just about what you want to there's live music all day food vendors it's an absolute blast it's very informal and it's just a place to come by and sit around a campfire and you might want to visit with larry or we're going to film you know larry we're going to film one of our a sportsman's life there oh, yeah. this year you and i and and uh and jeff and brandon houston will be there so it's just a fun thing, and uh, it also if you you know if you got something you want to market, it's uh, it's no no charge for that, and that that brings a lot of folks in too, you know, Larry. It does. It's it's hunting and fishing and and anything really having to do with the outdoors yeah. from a, from a, a a point of hunting and fishing when you get right down to it. Of course, there's food available there as well too, and a lot of folks set up a campfire and just start cooking. And yep. and uh, one of the great things that I enjoy, and, and I would discourage anybody that comes from trying to get any of Luke Clayton's cobbler because <laughs> when he puts that pot out, it may be look like a 15 gallon pot, but I try to claim that entire thing is mine. So I'm I'm just warning people right now, and they they reach in there, grab that spoon. They may get their hands slapped by me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for a bigger Dutch. I've got a big Dutch yeah. kettle, but I, there's there's one bigger, and I'm yeah, thinking. We, I'm, we need to get you that. Yeah, one. I'm gonna <laughs> get that one, and yeah, it's always blackberry cobbler, and it's good. Well, Larry, I guess we're about uh, our time is up for for this uh, this show. You know, I've enjoyed visiting with you like always. You know, and well, same yeah. way here. And it, I think it's time for us to go hunting when you get right down to. We got a lot of hunting left to do this year, so. Invite everybody to be right back here with us next week, and uh, we'll continue this conversation a little bit about white-tailed deer, mule deer, and a few other things as well, too. 